1: Welcome, everybody, to a special edition of First Class Fatherhood. I'm happy and honored, as always, to be here with you guys. Thank you for stopping by. We are going to throw it back to one of the most downloaded episodes of 2023 so far this year, and that is my interview with actor Andrew McCarthy. Andrew McCarthy was one of the prominent members of the Brat Pack and a 1980s superstar in Hollywood. My favorite all time movie with Andrew McCarthy is Weekend at Bernie's. We watch it every summer in this house. Also, I loved him in Mannequin. Of course, he's well known for Pretty in Pink and so many of those 1980s movies that turned into be like cult classics along the way. I had the honor of doing an interview on First Class Fatherhood here with Andrew McCarthy back in May. He came out with a new book that he co wrote with his son called Walking with Sam. Him and his son went on a 500-mile journey together across Spain, so he documented the entire thing and wrote the book about it. It's an awesome father-son book. Andrew had sent it to me about a a couple of weeks prior to the interview, and I had a chance to read it. The book definitely inspired me to want to do uh, some type of of coming-of-age journey with my own sons, maybe a father-daughter one as well, but it's really good stuff. Highly recommend for any of you dads out there looking for a good read about a father and a son taking a journey together, connecting especially Andrew McCarthy had such a wild childhood. He's a recoverer, just like I am. And he had some, uh, some crazy moments in his life, some crazy experiences, which he did document in his biography called Bratz, a 1980s story. So I definitely had a lot of fun doing this interview. I know a lot of you guys enjoyed it. It was one of my most downloaded episodes of the year. So I'm going to rebroadcast that interview for you guys today. And as we get closer and closer to the Christmas season here, don't forget MyPillow.com has started their Black Friday sales early. You don't have to wait till the day after Thanksgiving. Everything on the site is discounted right now, and if you use the promo code FATHERHOOD, you can save up to 80% on your order. Get over to MyPillow.com, use the promo code FATHERHOOD, and save big time on your order. All right, so let me hit you guys here with this throwback. As always, please help me spread the word about this podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. You guys know it. Every day is Father's Day right here on the podcast. And here comes my interview from May 9th with Hollywood legend Andrew McCarthy on First Class Fatherhood. Uh, Joining me now, First Class Father, Andrew McCarthy. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thanks. Good to be here. Well, it's an honor to have you here. Let's start like this. How many kids do you have? How old are they?
0: I have uh, three, feels like 30. Uh, They're 21, 16, and nine. Boy, girl,
1: boy. Wow. Very cool. Yeah. We we have uh, four. We had three boys, then got the girl on our fourth try. So uh, I'm not trying anymore. That's it. Well, listen, obviously you've had a, you, you've had a, a crazy, inspiring uh, journey. You're a Hollywood superstar. We've seen you in the Pretty in Pink and the uh, Samuels fired a whole nine yards. You know about the Hollywood story. But uh, if you could take me back to the beginning, take me back 21 years ago. I know in your book you said uh, adulthood began when fatherhood started. So take me back there. How old were you and how did becoming a father change your perspective on life?
0: I was 39, I think, when my first son was born. I was old. Um, And I always say, thank God, I was emotionally, I'm glad I was older. Physically, it's a young person's game, right? But uh, it changed my life. I suppose one example I could use is I was doing a show... uh, right after my son was, when my first son was born, my son Sam was born and I was a guest being a guest star on a, on a guest actor on a TV show. And the lead actor started pushing me around and kind of bullying me and telling me what to do. And I, I remember thinking very clearly, I'm a father now. I can't take this crap. <laughs> and, going, and I said, am I going to just sit here and be quiet? Or am I just going to, and I said, uh, dude, you, you can't tell me what to do. We'll figure it out together, but you, you you can't tell me what to do. Anyway, it escalated and we got into a big fight and, and I was fired from that job. And it was the only job I've been fired from so far. And I was I'm so proud of it <laughs> to this day. Um, I think fatherhood made me just sort of realize that, you know. You can't take the easy way out all the time, you know, what's softer, easier way, you know.
1: Yeah, very well said, Andrew. And obviously, uh, you have the book out, uh Walking with Sam, uh, a father, a son, and five hundred miles across Spain. Uh majority of my listeners here on this show obviously are dads. So what was the um what was the genesis of the book here? What can they expect when they pick it up?
0: Well, you know, my son was 19 at the time and um You know, I'd say the biggest regret in my life was I left home at 17 and never really looked back. And I had no, basically no relationship with my father throughout my adult life uh, until when he was close to death and we sort of reconciled. But, and it's one of the, you know, the biggest regret of my life. And I didn't want that with my son. And as he was starting to blossom and go out into the world at 19, you know, I didn't want that to happen. I, I, you know, I've I've always said that if my adult children want to have a relationship with me throughout their lives in a real and intimate way, then my life will have been a great success, you know? And I believe that. And so I just, you know, my son had just, um, I walked the Camino 25 years ago, which is this ancient pilgrimage route across Spain for 500 miles. And it really had a profound effect, changed my life. And I thought with my son, I wanted to try and start altering that relationship from one of dominant parent to child, to more equal adults, having... intimate relationship. And I thought this might be an amazing way to do it. And he surprised me by saying, yes, they didn't go.
1: It's an amazing way to connect. I know, like I said, my oldest is just about to turn 17. And uh, so I have two teenagers uh, right now, 16, 15, and then my other ones are, are, are 12 and 8. But uh, starting to turn that corner where it's becoming that relationship where they're having their own lives, taking on their own uh, journeys and paths and taking on more of that guiding role rather than that authoritarian role as a father uh, is a difficult balance. And I'm just learning it right now myself. But I know that uh, did you did you kind of like journalists as did you have a book in mind when you did this journey? <laughs> Uh, did you journal along the way or did you make video chronicles? How did that work? Did you just, after this was done, you put it all together?
0: Well, in my other life, um, I'm a travel writer and I had notions of, uh, I figured I'd write a travel article about it anyway for um, um magazine anyway. And then, uh, but on this walk, it's about 500 miles and you're going to Santiago de Compostela, which is a city in the farther and Western part of Spain. And just beyond that, another 50 miles is the ocean and the pilgrimage sort of ends at Santiago, but if you want, you can walk another couple of days to the sea, which many, many people do. I had no desire to do that. I was going to finish in Santiago and, but my son, this place at the sea is called Finisterre, the finish of the earth. And so when he decided he was going to walk beyond me and walk to the sea on his own, you know, what do we want as parents and fathers is that, our children go beyond us you know we got this foreign life let's get them to go to college let's get them to be doctors or whatever they have them go beyond and to have my son literally go beyond where I was walking as we walked this way together and then to see him off as he went on his journey to the sea was something sort of the metaphor of that was just so obvious and not lost on me that I thought oh there's a book there you know and um So you know, and Sam joked to people as we were meeting along the way. Because yeah, my dad's walking across most of Spain. I'm walking across all of Spain, you know. And so once he was doing
1: that, I realized there's a book here. (laughs) Yeah, he had a one up you there at least. And then well, Well, there's that that way to look at it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) What was there any point in this journey to 500 miles where your son was like, "Hey, I'm taking an Uber. I'm getting out." He was any point where it looked like (laughs) it's over here, or did it come to that?
0: Um, well, day two, we were walking over the Pyrenees Mountains into, uh, from France to Spain. And uh, my son did say, Dad, what's the point of this effing walk? And, you know, he didn't say effing, you know. And and he said, is there an airport in Pamplona? And so I, I kind of got the gist of what he, was, what he was thinking. And then, you know, fast forward, you know, a month later, and we arrived in Santiago. And he said, Dad, that's the only 10 out of 10 thing I've ever done in my life. So, you know, the journey happens for him.
1: Wow, very cool. And I know you have the daughter in the middle there. Uh, what is it like for you being a girl dad? And uh, do you have any kind of plans in the future to do something? That is, your, is your daughter, well, hey, when, when's my right of passage coming? Do you have any kind of uh, plans or something like that with her? Or what do you enjoy about being a girl dad?
0: <laughs> well, she's like, why don't we just go to Paris, dad? <laughs> <You know? laughs> or Tahiti. Um, well, my daughter is very much like uh, her mother so it's so interesting to watch them and their dynamic and you know they'll have their you know she's a mini me to some degree uh, of my wife and to watch them fight like they'll fight sometimes I'm like oh my god and you know five minutes later they're laughing they're crying and they're screaming and clawing and five minutes later they're hugging and laughing and I'm over in the corner like a wreck oh my god (laughs) and so I've learned to kind of walk away from that when it's happening and my wife goes where are you going I'm like this I'm not getting in the middle of this um, so but you know my daughter is actually the most savvy one and in, uh, in the family and I'll often go to go Willow what do you think and she has great insight so it's so interesting and I grew up with three brothers I didn't have any I didn't grow up around girls at all so to have a daughter is such a um a change for me That I really have to pay attention to what's actually happening you know as opposed to what I think's happening or what guys do or something you know so I learned quite a lot from her
1: Yeah, so cool. Yeah, like I said, we had the three boys and that's all we knew. And then we had the girl on the last try. So I mean, one of the things I'm still doing, she's eight years old now, is trying to get better with my discipline with her. I've got it down pretty good with my sons. uh, But disciplining her is a whole different ballgame. My wife takes on a much bigger role than that, than I should be doing. Uh, But what, what kind of disciplinary disciplinarian are you overall as a father? And is that different than the discipline style you grew up with? There's no
0: discipline here. (laughs) <laughs> there's,
1: no, there's no there's
0: no rules it's just free for all here um you know we are extraordinarily loose with our children in uh in that way you know I I kind of just just I'll only stop you if you're being disrespectful or if it's dangerous that's you know that's my two those are my only two I'm like if you're being disrespectful or if it's, or if it's you know if you're going to kill yourself by on that wall I'm going to tell you to get down Otherwise, go for it. Um, And that was not the world I grew up in. I was terrified of my father growing up, terrified of him. Uh, And he was a very volatile guy. And so, uh, you know, that's not the dynamic that we have in our household
1: at all. Well, one thing I'm curious too, Andrew, is because I'm a recovering alcoholic and addict myself. And I know that uh, sobriety was something big in your life. It was important for you to get sober. And one thing that I'm worried about with my kids, as I said, my two teenagers specifically right now, is that whole scene, the alcohol, the drugs that seems to be surrounding them at every corner. And I fear that for them. uh, Just knowing, I mean, it really destroyed so much of my own family and so much of my own life, uh, if I'm being perfectly honest. And I just worry about that. But I'm not too sure. Uh, all I can do is show them the example of living by not drinking, by not partaking in the drugs. And hopefully that that example is enough uh, to give them what to live by. But I don't know. I don't know if I'm doing it the right way. What is, how did you kind of talk to your kids about drugs, alcohol, and get down to it?
0: Drugs and alcohol almost destroyed my life, you know, and I, I stopped at that, you know, 30 years ago now. So they've never seen me uh, drunk or high and, thank God, but I'm just honest with them. I just tell them there's no, you know, and my kids are just like, oh yeah. And some of my best, you know, here's a little phrase for you. And then I go, did you learn that in the secret society? And I'm like, you know, and so I just am truthful about it. And, but as we know, you know, information alone and knowledge alone will keep no one from drugs and alcohol. I mean, it is a slippery slope that every teen and young person has to navigate for themselves. And also I'm like, it's your life, you know, and I'll tell you what it did to mine. And I'll tell you what the, you know, it may feel titillating and exciting and this and that, but it's, that is a, you know, a slippery slope and it, it leads everyone to that spot. (laughs) So you're not different as much as everyone thinks they're different. It it goes there. If you stay on the train long enough, it's going there. And that's going to be your challenge and your, you know, journey to take. And yeah. It is scary as hell. Absolutely. It's scary as hell. I just want those lines of communication open. I mean, it's all the cliches, but it's true, you know, but it is, there's nothing, you can't lock them up as much as we want to,
1: you know, Yeah. I, I tell my daughter, she's
0: not getting married or dating until she's 30. And I'm, you know, I'm not joking, but of course I am, you know. <laughs> And, yeah, you know, and she has her first boyfriend now at 16 and it's just like, wow, OK, right. bring him over. Let's go out to dinner with him. Let's check this kid out. And my wife's like, you behave. <laughs> you know,
1: and He's a lovely kid. You know, yeah, I that's about-,
0: about with my, my wife and I. Sorry to interrupt you. I'll just finish with this. My wife and I said, well, what did you think of, you know, the young guy? I said, look, Willow was herself with him. And that's all, you know, Willow was herself. She wasn't any kind of other thing. She was who she is. And that's great.
1: Yeah, that, that was going to say, that's another one of those things. My daughter being eight, it's, uh, I have that so far out of my mind right now. But I know in a short period of time, I'm going to be right where you are, where she's having that first date. and I got to prepare myself. You know, uh, I got to callous my mind for those events to come. But I, I think, like you said, the most important thing would be the communication. It's really all I could ask for. Uh, at least to get that kind of honesty from them would be so huge. Has, has he, did, did uh, Sam, your, uh, your oldest son, did he read your uh, autobiography? Did he read Brat when it came out? Has he read that?
0: he, Sam's not a big reader, but he did listen to the audiobook, you know, he listened to it twice, actually, he told me, and he loved it, he said, I learned a real lot about you, dad, you know, and he said to his sister, he said, Will, if you want to learn about dad when he was young, you should read his book or listen to his book, you know, and my kids have never watched my movies or any of that stuff, and so I'm glad of that in a in certain way, I mean, they can, who cares, but, uh, you know, I'm just their dad, and as it should be, not some guy, you know, in the movie, so, or on TV, so, you know, I, I'm glad that it's treated as if that's what I do. And, you know, I wrote a book and then you wrote another book and, you know, they're not interested in them particularly.
1: <laughs> well, they are interested in the acting. I know at least your son, your daughter, they, they, they have followed in your footsteps uh, into the acting. What was your, what was your kind of take on that? Were you pushing them behind that saying, Hey, get into this, or is this something they came to on their own? And how do you feel about them getting involved in the acting life?
0: Well, you know, uh, the last thing I ever wanted was my children to be in show business. So, you know, God just laughs at us. Right. So I, I was, and me and my son is on this Netflix show called dead to me. And my daughter has been on Broadway three times now, you know, so uh, it's, but, you know, I didn't want them to, it's a simple answer, but, you know, when I was 15 acting saved my life, you know, I walked out on stage in the high school musical It's the artful Dodger and Oliver. And my life was different. I just, you know, I had that moment of, clarity I was just like oh my god there I am that's what I'm gonna do and I knew it was an important thing because I told no one you know it was my secret and I was keeping you know, it was like a little flame and anybody could have walked by particularly like my dad was very volatile like I said and he just blow that flame out in a second so I just kept that little That that was mine and I was gonna do that and there was nobody gonna tell me anything different you know from that moment on so I'm glad I didn't bring it up because if I, you know, they'd said no or whatever, I just would have been created more friction, you know? Um, so, you know, I can save my life. So who might I say it wouldn't there? If, you know, a teenager, particularly a boy, uh, needs to find something, you know, whether and usually it's sports or a musical instrument or something. Um, and I found acting at 15 and, you know, otherwise you get into all sorts of trouble when you're a teenager if you don't find that thing, a passion, you know? So, you know, and they started to gravitate toward that and. God bless them. You know, I, you know, there's no mystery or mystique about it in our family. It's the family business, you know, so, and I'm always just talking about the work and this and that, not any kind of the glamour. There's no, there is no glamour really, except these events that they try and purport it to be glamorous, which are just nerve wracking. Um, But so, you know, who am I to say, so if they want to do it, God bless them, you know.
1: Yeah. Well said, Andrew. And again, walking with Sam, a father, a son in 500 miles across Spain. I love the fact that this is a father, son book. Uh, This whole show is dedicated. One thing I talk about on this show a lot, Andrew, is the fatherless crisis that we have going on in our country with so many kids who don't have a father or a father father figure in their life. And it's really leading to so much devastation in our country right now. And I know you said, you know, you had a volatile relationship with your father. Did you find uh, any other, was there any other father, that came into your life? I know you said you left home at 17. Was there anybody else that kind of took on a role of that father figure during your life to, in, in a positive way?
0: Um, yeah, you know, there were two people that I, I call them mentors, you know, but I suppose they were father type figures for me. And really, you know, I really needed that. And I didn't know I needed it until I really blossomed under their kind of eye. And, you know, that made me really wish I had that with my dad more you know? Um, and I, I found that a lot, many of my friends, particularly when I was younger would be older men and often physically larger than me. I would sort of uh, gravitate toward father figure friends, you know? Um, and my, my wife is the one who actually pointed that out to me for the first time. because have you ever noticed that all your friends are a little bit older and larger than you? I'm like, huh? <laughs> you know, and it's, it's true, but yeah, I, I found a couple um uh, mentors that really changed my, uh, just made me feel safe in the world and made me feel seen and backed up. And I never felt like I had any, any backup. Uh, and I, you know, that, that would be the one thing I would, I'd like to think of myself as a, a literally backstop for my kids. I'm back here, like, and I'm right here, you go out into the world, turn around, I'll be right here. You go on. You know what I mean? If that, that would be the dynamic I'd want with my older, you know, the kids as they get older is to, then for them to just sort of look behind and go, are you there? You know, and like little kids on the playground, they do the same thing. They go running off. They look to make sure you're still there and then they go climb the jungle gym and they do the same thing except in bigger playgrounds in life, you
1: know, and, and, you know, and that kind of steals the thunder on this. I wanted to ask you this, Andrew, obviously you've had, you know, a legendary career, Hollywood career uh, in Hollywood and your legacy is secure in Hollywood. But what kind of legacy do you want to have as a father?
0: Oh, really? Just that, that I was, that I was there, (laughs) that I'm there and you will be received, and I see you. Very, you know, it's very it's hard exactly. to really see people. You know, we we don't we want to see them, we want to see. You know, but it's hard to like. Who are you? You know, and to that we have to listen to them. You know, like my son. One of the great things about walking was, you can't. He's never going to sit down and have a chat. You try to sit across the table and have a talk. It's not. You're not getting anything. But you get him moving, get him physical, and sooner or later it all comes out. You know, and then you can really see who he actually is, as opposed to who. I perceive and who I want him to be and who family lore has dictated he is and his position in the family makes him this one and you know what I mean so to see who they really are is you know and for them to allow themselves allow us to see them you have a relationship in my mind if he's allowing me to see him that's a great gift he's giving me so just to receive that you know and not judge that is like who who am I to think I know best I mean
1: really yeah, r- really good stuff, Andrew. And uh, again, a walking with Sam, a father, a son in 500 miles across Spain. Link to the book is in the description of today's podcast episode. Last thing I want to hit you with I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast what type of advice do you have for that brand new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening?
0: When I was, when my, <laughs> this I haven't an answered for, I rarely do. Um, When, My wife was first pregnant with with our first son. A friend of mine's father was from the South, and he saw the fear in my eyes. And he's just a real small town guy, and I always kind of dismissed him as a hick. And he said, he put his arm around me and said, Andy, you just love him and keep him dry. (laughs) And at that moment, I realized he's no hick. He's the wisest guy I know. And I think that me and my wife still say that to this day. You just love him and keep him dry. And there's a lot of truth in that.
1: Yeah, I, I love that message, man. This, this, Andrew McCarthy, it's been an honor for me. I got to say you're a first class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here, at First Class Fatherhood. No, thanks, I've enjoyed it. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. Please visit www.firstclassfatherhood.com to find out more details. You can order First Class Fatherhood advice and wisdom from high profile dads on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Proverbs six tells us, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will never depart from it. God bless, and I'll catch you next time.